Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Get out there and measure and just start thinking about where is your money going, what are your impacts, what are your waste streams, that sort of thing. Because once you start documenting it, then it becomes real to you and you can track it and then you can start a plan of attack on what to do. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 320 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Scott Schomer. Scott has been an avid home brewer for over 25 years and has created many award-winning beers, including his Belgium Strong, Double, and Scottish Wee Heavy, winning the silver and bronze medals respectively at the US national competition. He's also been a certified beer judge since 1997 and a climate change sustainability advocate trained by Al Gore in 2007. Scott worked for three decades as an environmental engineer before founding Helios Brewing. Helios Brewing were built from the ground up to be the most sustainable beer company as possible, and it's based in Brisbane. And in 2021, Scott and Helios Brewing took home a Lord Mayor's Business Award in Sustainability in Business. So on today's podcast, we'll be learning a bit about how Scott has achieved this, And we're really looking forward to hearing from you, Scott. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Tom. So, Scott, to kick things off, could you please share a bit about your background and what it was that led to your interest and passion in sustainability and applying this to a really sustainable beer company? Sure. I grew up in the desert of the U.S. where I was always very hyper aware of shortage of water. Eventually went to university in California where you tend to be pretty socially aware anyway yeah. and got into a career of basically protecting the environment. I worked as a hydrogeologist, which is a fancy term for saying that I basically found clean groundwater or cleaned up contaminated groundwater. I did that on on several continents. And so I was literally at the coalface trying to clean up the planet. I did that for about three decades. And I saw lots of places where we had negatively impacted the world. And I tried to put it back together again as best as possible. I basically spent a career trying to help the environment. So it went hand in hand with my life, my career. And then I did a master's degree that involved glaciers in the 90s. Back in the 90s, it's hard to even think, but we weren't even really talking about climate change. There was this hint of something called global warming. And again, I was reading lots and lots of documents about what's happening to glaciers now. And we couldn't make our models fit. Basically came at it 
from almost an academic standpoint and from a reality standpoint where I was out and about in the world trying to fix things, trying to find groundwater when it's depleting and when we're going into droughts. But I always liked making beer. And so finally, I decided that I had enough of cleaning up oil spills and decided to follow something else I'm passionate about. And that was beer, but I had to do it sustainably. I love the background and what has led to this. And it's obviously a huge passion for you, Scott. And look, I did crack last night one of your Session Red IPAs and it was a great beer. I really enjoyed it. And look, as I mentioned, you are the founder at Helios Brewing Co. And not only working hard to create this delicious beer, but also to really ensure that your operation is as sustainable as possible. And this, from what I understand, really involves reducing energy usage and basically finding ways to minimize that environmental impact. So what are some of the key lessons you've learned on your journey since founding Helios? That's the million dollar question. What I have learned is that being green doesn't actually cost you money. You can actually save a huge amount of money. It makes us far more commercially viable by being green. And so I think the biggest thing that I have found and the thing that I am now trying to advocate for other businesses to do is to be early adopters because our power and gas bills, and they're normally pretty extensive in the brewing business, but ours are about a tenth of Mm. what a similar size system is. I did this as an experiment to see how green I could be. Now, when COVID hit and power and gas is a huge expenditure, we're paying a tenth what my competitors are. Yeah. So that means two things. One, it means I'm more resilient. Two, it means that we can afford a really top-notch brewer. We can afford better ingredients. Yeah. And so we try and make our product stand out in the market. So there's commercial advantages to being green. That makes complete sense then. And in that journey, I'm sure you've come up with a range of ways that you could really ultimately help other businesses to go on that journey. What are some of those specific steps that you think other businesses could take to minimize their impact? And ultimately, what is holding them back? What do you think is really holding a lot of other businesses back from doing this? Let me start from the last and go backwards. What's holding them back is that people don't necessarily know what is available to do. I don't think, and I have never seen businesses that don't want to be more sustainable. Maybe there are a few, but by and large, they want to be green. They want to reduce their footprint. They want to reduce costs and expenditures. So I think the only thing that's holding them back is how and having commercial equipment and technique that are readily available. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. And so what steps do you think other businesses could then take themselves? So I could tell you in engineering speak about gaining efficiencies and all kinds of crazy jargon. But what I try and encourage people to do is look at their business and figure out where you can cheat. That's Mm -hmm. what I break it down to, cheat. So here in Queensland, and I just had this discussion with the treasurer 
And they were asking, what advantages does Queensland have over other states? I said, you can't go past the sun. Mm. And everybody starts immediately thinking solar power, blah, blah. We are named after the Greek sun god because I cheat and I capture as much energy from the sun as possible. I'm not just talking about photovoltaic. I actually capture four tons of hot water that is brought almost to a boil just using the sun. We store that as essentially a solar battery. So whenever we need part of the system to heat up, we have captured that and it's free. And we do the exact opposite when we're producing more power than we need, we chill down three and a half tons of water down to three degrees and we store excess solar energy in the form of cold. Now, everything in our business requires heating up and cooling down. Yep. So I'm taking the power of the sun and cheating. I'm making it work for me. As such, our solar photovoltaic, it paid for itself in under a year. And our solar hot water system paid for itself in under six months. Wow. Considerable savings there and great to hear that strong focus. I mentioned before you're the winner of last year's Lord Mayor's Business Award for Environmental Sustainability. So what advice then, Scott, would you be giving to to early stage impact-led entrepreneurs who are working really hard to develop their business? I would say do an audit. And and it doesn't have to be an official or fancy audit, but basically go around your business and think about what your impacts are. What is your lighting? What is your waste stream look like? How much are you spending on power and energy? Just look at your business critically. The moment you start capturing these things on paper and when you start tracking them, then it becomes very real to you. If you realize that you're paying $1,000 a month for water, then you know, oh, hey, if we do something to reduce our water consumption by 20%, it will have this impact on us. So the first step to any business, any household is get out there and measure and just start thinking about where is your money going, what are your impacts, what are your waste streams. Because once you start documenting it, then it becomes real to you and you can track it and then you can start a plan of attack on what to do. It's some great advice, Scott. And look, the general topic of impact measurement has been at the forefront of this sort of ecosystem and sector for at least a solid five odd years now. It's really great to hear you reiterate the importance of measuring and tracking that. I do want to give a second thought that is absolutely critical. And that is I encourage anybody to dispel the myth that somehow being green is going to require a lot of kit, a lot of engineering. You're going to have to rebuild or redo your system or your business. Throw that in the garbage. There are lots of things that you can do, sometimes just through managerial changes. We found a big consumer of electricity here was a compressor that runs 24-7 to chill down the tanks. By using a $30 timer from Bunnings, we were able to shut that compressor down from midnight until 6 a.m. when the sun comes up again. 
and it doesn't affect our business. It wasn't until we captured how much electricity we were using and at what time of the day are we using it? Mm. Where is it coming from? So the solution wasn't anything fancy. We didn't have to go and install something on the building. It was a $30 timer. Wow. So there are opportunities like that with every business, every house to make either small engineered changes, managerial changes, process changes. Sometimes if you change the order that you do things, you can be more efficient. I would start looking in those areas. Some great tips there, Scott. Thanks for sharing. Look, I know you're pretty actively engaged with the broader business community too, Scott. So what inspiring projects or initiatives have you been coming across recently that you believe are creating some really great positive social change? It seems to me that we're on the cusp of this whole new industrial revolution, and it is super exciting. We have a a tiny little commercial electric vehicle. It was one of the first in the country, but now all of a sudden I'm starting to see them more and more. There's another brewery that is using algae, and they are bubbling the CO2 through the algae in order to make biodiesel, and so they're not emitting that CO2 to the atmosphere. I think because I work with a wide variety of businesses, the fact that I'm seeing so many do something in their business to become more sustainable. I think it's really humbling to see how creative people and businesses are these days. Absolutely. And look, for a final question, Scott, we'd love to hear what books you'd recommend to our listeners. And for any of the beer nerds out there, what is your favorite hop? What's my favorite hop? Yeah. Look, as a West Coast American, I can't go past Cascade hops. Classic. If you've ever had Sierra Nevada or certainly any number of Helios brews, it just has this real nice, clean, citrusy aroma and piney spiciness, and it's just real clean. That's probably my favorite classic hop, but there's some real cool ones that are coming on the market. As for books, it's not a new book, but one of my favorite books that I go back every few years and reread is called The World Without Us by Alan Weissman. It was written in around 2007, and much like Chernobyl, it explores what happens if for some reason all the people on the planet were snatched one day. What would happen to all of the infrastructure, all the roads, the bridges, the dams, and everything that we have inserted into this planet? What would happen? It starts by the hour, and then days, and weeks, and then years. To me, it's interesting because it looks at reverse engineering because we've had a great impact on the planet. So how long would it take the planet to shake off our impact and how long would it take for the trees to come back and Mm. the dams to burst and the the rivers to start running their course? Anyway, it's a great read. Sounds great. And we'll throw a link into the article so that any of our listeners can head on over and click on through. But Scott, it's been great to chat today. Keep up the great work in looking at your environmental impact and really doing your best to reduce that in your business. Keep brewing great beer and I'll look forward to having another conversation soon. Thank you so much, Tom. And I really appreciate the work you're doing to help encourage people to look at their businesses critically and find those sustainable areas that they can look at. So, And if anybody needs a little help, come on over to Helios and we'll chat over a pint and I'll see if I can help you. 
Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.